0: Welcome to Mindsight Collective, an African-centred act tank of great minds that are on the front lines of reforming our black revolution. Join the conversation on Instagram at Mindsight Collective and on Twitter at Mindsight Tweets. Go ahead and check out our website at MindsightCollective.com for provocative thought, art, music and inspiration. Free. Collective. Hello, my name is Dion and I am your host for this monthly Pro Black Podcast. Tune in to us every second Wednesday of each month. We will have special guests, inspirational conversations and diving deep into issues that affect us, the melanated and our fight for liberation. You will be educated, empowered and elevated with the Mindsight Collective. In this episode, I spend time unpacking decolonisation of Sam Moyo and how she is creating a revolutionary space where all are welcome in uniting against all kinds of oppression, stemming from colonisation through her unique decolonial mindset training. But before we get into the interview, we will begin the show with today's I am Mantra. Today's I am Mantra is, I am one with all and all is one with me we live in a world that constantly reminds us that we are different and we should focus on that and be afraid of what makes us unique i'm talking religions languages income class gender abilities race as well as separating us according to hair textures postcodes body types complexions and even more petty stuff this keeps us conquered you know that saying divide and conquer These illusions that we are worlds apart is what is used to induce fear. Fear breeds hate. Hate motivates oppression and violence. We are so distracted by what the world tells us that we cannot see the trickery of the proverbial devil. The great trick that real oppression doesn't exist. What is the real oppression? Abuse of power from the elite. Why? Because they can. Our pain and misery... Feels their drunkenness in playing God. They want us to be made in their image. We all need to realize that we are actually one. Every time the media and the propaganda machines churn out differences for us to hate, we need to turn around, actually, turn away from it and celebrate our differences and know that we are all reflections of God, that we are one. We came from one and we shall return to the one. Why waste time fighting each other? Why perpetuate the lie that we cannot get along? In order for us to unite and reclaim our true image, first we must live by a simple affirmation. And it is, I am one with all, and all is one with me. Ashay. Tell us your thoughts on what was said in the interview at mindsetcollective.com. Before you listen to my interview with Samantha Moyo, I just want to give you a bit of a bio. Samantha Moyo is a 33-year-old disruption doctor, activist, and serial innovator born in Zimbabwe, but now lives in London. She went through a transformation of kicking her drug and alcohol addiction by founding Morning Gloryville, the pioneering sober movement that grew a community of 200,000 people. Within only 18 months, she's been featured in over 3,000 press interviews. Coverage included BBC, CNN, NBC's Today Show, Channel 4, ITV, Financial Times, and many more. Her passion is inspiring people to get on disruption missions that serves the people and the planet. As part of her body of work, she helps people to find the answers to their life and work challenges as a thought partner, strategist and chair leader. is a true champion for the people.
1: Hi, Sam. Thank you for joining us uh, on Mindsight Collective Podcast. Thank you for being our final guest for our season.
2: Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to support you and I love um, your energy and spirit. So yeah, looking forward to our conversation.
1: Definitely. Um, so let's kick off. Uh, tell us about yourself. What do we need to know about Samuel?
2: Yeah, I guess um, I'm I'm most known for founding um, the Sober Rave Movement Morning Gloryville, which was the original early morning dance party that started in London and spread around the world to 23 cities. Wow. Um, yeah, um, I yeah I grew a community of 200,000 people within 18 months. I sold it a couple of years ago and. Um, I've now become a disruption doctor um, whilst I'm thinking of my next big idea. Um, and what I do as a disruption doctor is, yeah, offer coaching and consulting to startups. So I've been helping many startups get off the ground um, hey. this year, um, which has been really fulfilling for me. And at the same time, I've been doing philanthropy work in the form of the decolonial mindset training to really present um oppression and injustice and empower people all from all walks of life to participate in the healing and the work that's needed um yeah so the decolonial mindset trainings are a live uh, sovereignty reclamation um experience where we gather people from all walks of life all religions or ethnic backgrounds to come together to discuss topics like racism, sexism, um, money, um, sexuality, um, yeah, all the taboo subjects, basically.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I went along to Sam's d and the training, Mindset Training, and I was just blown away just because, A, I was curious, like, who would turn up you know, um, the word colonial in there. It's like, ooh, such tension, you know, that word. I want to know who would turn up. Are going to be black people, brown people, white people? You're like, who's going to turn up? And also, just how amazingly you have the space on the, uh, from the first session that I went to. You know, I was just blown away how you, you identified as some triggering, you identified as to be some tension there, uncomfortability but you're encouraged to kinda of lean into it and people start to own their triggering and own their experiences and while still sharing and I just thought, wow, this is a really unique space and you know, obviously you had beautiful African music, you had jazz. You had you had a great atmosphere, you know, you open up with libations, and you acknowledge un- your ancestors and it's just It's unique, Sam. I don't know how your mind works, but it made it a magical night.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm so glad you came because, you know, the word decolonial really does have an impact on people Mm -hmm. that um, I can see it scaring people, you know. I've got a huge network of people and, um, like, even on the energetically, even my most open-minded friends, I can sometimes see having you know, discomfort as I'm mm-hmm. talking about decolonization and um, the truth of the matter is I feel the same about the word decolonization mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes I feel like, whoa, like mental, <laughs> my mental health is suffering from talking about this. But I think for as long as that happens, it means that we've got trauma inside us mm-hmm. that we haven't dealt with. It means that we're enslaved by this word if it's yeah. having a negative impact, Um to us, and so I use this word because of the in because of how it makes us feel, and yes, I know I attract less people because of that, but I think through the events that we've been having, people are overcoming mm-hmm. that initial um trigger that happens with the word decolonization and racism and sexism and leaving these events feeling so empowered because they're facing their fears we're facing our fears um and you know i think that you know colonization is something that isn't taught in school in the uk
1: um
2: there aren't many spaces that Gather people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, to talk about this, and I think it's at our detriment because it's such a huge part of how people came into their privileged space here, Mm. and it's such a huge part of why um, a lot of people migrate here, and it's also a really big part of why Africa's resources are depleted,
0: Um, Mm. you know, and
2: other global, you know, South. Um, continent so um, you know I'm not going to go as radical and start making demands but I think on a human level we need to start coming together creating allyship with friends from different groups and starting to do a healing that is as simple as I'm here to talk to you to meet you and to listen to your story and that's what Mm. DMTs are about
1: no, amazing, and I will touch on some stuff you've mentioned, like allyship and you know the circus of Africa, the colonization there. But can you just help us define what is colonization and decolonization to you?
2: Yeah, I guess to me colonization um, is the taking over, the robbing, the stealing, the um, the taking without consent, the Mm-hmm. Of a people's land and resources, and then there's also the psychological impact of that. So, then there's the colonization of the mind as well, right, um, yeah. and, and of culture. So, I think um, that's how I define it. And I'm not, I haven't done a PhD in this. This is all lived and learned experience.
1: Very um, valid, um, experience, yeah, a really <laughs> valid experience, yeah, really
2: valid experience, yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in Zimbabwe until I was fifteen so I know a lot about um post colonial you know, post-colonial life basically. Mm. Um and you know, decolonization, you know, if if colonization is about dominating, taking over, stealing, you know, I think um decolonization has to be about surrendering, dearmoring, giving up some of our power. Um, it's about anti oppression work, you know, it's about starting to heal the injustice that's in the world um Mm. and um and then there's you know decolonization of all the industries like um of resources as well you know um um and then what we're doing with the decolonial mindset training is is because i think If we try and do decolonization straight away, it might be too big a leap. So (laughs) I think that decolonial mindset training is actually a prerequisite so that people start to come together, to listen to each other, to understand what would it mean in terms of my mind and how I approach life. Because Mm. to take people from where we are to completely decolonize society, you know, I think it's, it's it's like a huge ask, you know, because there's a, the systemic change we're requiring is going to be a bit of a traumatic transition for yeah. everyone, including yeah. Black people who have picked up some of the habits of colonization as well. You know, so
1: That's, yeah, that, I'm glad that you've you know you're showing like the the, the magnitude and that the DMC is a prerequisite to decolonization because. I feel like I've been to a few, you know, talks on colonization. Seem like this kind of. Well, let's leave it up to the systems that be. You know, let's leave it to the powers that be to kind of own their shit and do right by the world. Where actually, I find that DMT is about you doing some internal work for yourself. Yeah, so a bit more. So, um, it gives you a bit more autonomy. A bit more, you know, agency of change for yourself. Rather than, well, we'll leave it up to the the government to give reparations. We'll leave it up to, you know, the 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 what's it? The five percent, the one percent to have a conscience and do this and do that for for um, restoring justice to the world. And but I also love the the is about you and what you can yes. do to help yourself, regardless of what's happening outside of you. And I find it quite powerful. I just want to know, what drove you to formulate and deliver d
2: So I guess I just kept coming across people who seemed disempowered and didn't know how to deal with diversity issues or um, deal with racism or privilege when it showed up. Um, you know, I have friends surprising who were feeling... Um, like they were being tokenized for their color because they were being taken to meetings, client meetings, by their fellow white members of staff. But when they actually spoke, they wouldn't be listened to, Mm. um, which was, you know, really sad to hear. And then, you know, I'm constantly meeting women who um, are the only ones in the boardroom and ask me, you know, what do I do when, you know, my investors are speaking you know, are speaking to me and my business partner, but whenever I speak, they respond to my business partner because he's a man. You know. Wow. Um, yeah. So just just little things like that. And then I was working in climate in in you know organisations where um, you know within the climate movement there's such a challenge with diversity and everyone was like, How do we do this? Where do we begin? And Mm. I think um like what I what I came to was where we begin is by creating spaces that don't center whiteness, creating spaces that are neutral so that um so apolitical so that everyone feels welcome to come. Mm. Um and creating spaces that really in terms of the artwork, in terms of the music, really invite people in the location, hence it's in Brixton, really invite people from all walks of life to attend. Um, and what, what was really clear to me is I don't know what the colonial mindset training is going to become. Um, I didn't know what it was going to become. I just knew that we were doing it because we needed to bring different groups together to just listen to each other and to explore topics together instead of in their silos. Um, so that's it, really. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm, that's really powerful that like you touched on so many things that kind of drove you to create the space, you know, because I, I haven't seen this kind of space being created, but all can sit at the table and listen to each other. So I want to know what, yeah. what challenges have you faced you know bringing DMT alive and getting people to engage with this movement and I am calling it a movement because it's it's very powerful
2: yeah it does feel like it's become a movement Mm. in the sense that um, yeah we are filling out each month and more people want more and yeah I guess um, in terms of the challenges I face I think the very first challenge is the um, enormous mental and physical weight Of doing this work um it does holding the space for it does take Mm. a lot on my part in terms of self-care in terms of meditation in terms of being fit because it is it's very heavy and deep work um and i don't think i realized that um I have to, you know, engage in a lot of prayer and rituals in order to keep clearing myself, to keep energised and Mm. to stay positive. Um, So I think that's the first thing. Um, The second thing is the fact that as soon as you're doing decolonization, work, people think you are intense, (laughs) but it's just not me. So one of the challenges I face is actually people's projections onto the work um, and, it's based on like old school thinking, whereas the way I approach DMT and decolon- decolonial training is actually in a really fun, engaging way, which yeah. is why people keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's really, I think it. I feel like it's really, it, it, yeah, I I always feel like the right people come because, um, and the people who really need it because, um, yeah, it's, yeah, because it, it, you have to get past, you have to, get past the construct of it being like hard, heavy, intense work to even walk through the door, mm. um, which is why I think the energy we co-create together is so beautiful because everyone's like, oh, you know, actually quite excited
1: to yeah. do this work. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, everyone's so excited to be in this new space, to be meeting new people, not to be, like, surrounded by the same old, same old. Like, you know, there's no titles, even though we have people from, like, all socioeconomic backgrounds and classes and mm-hmm. and, and races and religions. And, you know, I feel like it's, there's something really anonymous about the space that's, like, ah, it's, it's really, yeah, I think it's just wonderful. Um, another... Challenge I do face is I feel like, um, you know, I've ha- you know I've lost a lot of friends and uh, yeah. fans, sort of, you know, because of some of the some of this work. Because, you know, people immediately think that it's a black thing, or yeah. like I'm trying, to, I'm anti-white by doing it, or like I'm, you know, I'm being intense or I'm bringing some, um, you know, I'm just causing trouble. And it's like actually no, I'm just trying to get us all to talk about things we've been shoving under carpets for ages, you know. Um, Mm. And I think for me, it's because I have experienced injustice, you know, in business with like white um, privilege, you know. I've been at the wrath of that and so Mm. many people have been and don't have the agency to talk about it. But I'm just not that person. It's not okay. There's shit that's not cool in the world and we need to meet up. Gather community and talk about it you know there's people in different religious groups who don't have anyone to talk to about things coming up for them sexually you know in our last DMT wow. we were talking about you know sexual liberation and body sovereignty and you know it was so lovely hearing you know different people's perspectives. Obviously I can't go into the details but it was just so refreshing to get like a Muslim's perspective a Jewish person's perspective a Hindu's perspective and and, you know an English person's perspective and it's just like you don't get that day to day and it opens your mind, it opens your heart Um, yeah the other challenge I face um, yeah I think the other challenge I face is that um I'm not a millionaire, <laughs> and as yet this is, yeah, as yet, <laughs> um, and this is just coming like it's it's just being done for the love, you know, and so you know if in order everyone does want it to become more, so a challenge i I think we have is. We do, we're do. we going to need to get some funding and put an in, the infrastructure in so that I'm not the only facilitator, um, so that there's a few facilitators, so that it can be something that's even more accessible um, whilst maintaining the integrity. Um, yeah, so that's been the challenge. Um, and then it, it's really interesting, people get in touch from all over the world wanting to dial in we had about eight people dial in from like oh, wow. um, southern africa western africa america last time um and europe as well so it's really yeah i feel like um we yeah there's the challenge is getting the infrastructure so that it's even more accessible yeah um,
1: exactly.
2: yeah so so that's it but i think you know, the biggest challenge is the the days leading up, you know, I never look at the ticket sales because I'm shitting myself but I always think no one's going to turn up. <laughs> um <laughs> get
0: yes.
2: crammed. <laughs> I know and then as usual we can't fit everyone in, but It's such, yeah, anyway, it's funny. It's like whenever you're throwing a party and you're like, no one's coming. (laughs) (laughs) And then everyone
1: comes.
2: (laughs) I know, I know. And actually, that's been interesting. It's all word of mouth. It's like people Mm. are really telling other people, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just, I when I uh, kind of popped in the last one, I just felt this kind of exciting energy around everyone that people are just so happy and just can't wait to get stuck in, you know, to to listen and to express and to co-create this unique space. Like you said, everyone comes, you know, from different backgrounds and they're just they're willing to share. Like, there's no one... I don't get the sense that anyone's sitting there biting their tongue and just walking away <laughs> angry I feel like
2: yeah
1: a lot of people Ooh. feel okay I got off my chest or they can challenge certain things in a safe way and I yeah. feel like now i understand a little bit better because I've had the opportunity to kind of question what has been said or what's been presented to me so again yeah. that's very unique
2: Yeah, well, one of the big things is, you know, with the DMT, the message that came through is that I'm not the teacher. We're all each other's teacher. Mm. So I'm really clear about that at the beginning. And, you know, we also have, you know, you were there, you had the code of conduct of how we turn up. So compassion, calling in instead of calling out, um, kinship. Listening, confidentiality, so and more. There's you know other that you know other um, elements to the code of conduct. And then the really big thing is if you are triggered, it's actually allowed. It's probably one of the only spaces in London you're allowed to be fucking annoyed with someone
0: <laughs> yeah. and express
2: yeah. it. You know, and um, and what we say to people is don't hold anything back, don't hold anything in. And um, so we're really um, Yeah, so we're really encouraging off that. Um, And I think that inspires people to really, yeah, I feel like that inspires people to just be themselves, but people actually get excited because they don't get they don't get encouraged to be their fullest self wherever mm. they are out there in their offices and then what happens with the energy we create and that confidence that's built in those in our in our gatherings is people are then able to take those tools into the real world so you often hear someone say oh i finally managed to talk to my boss about x y and z wow. and thank you so much you know or like People wake up the next day and like change the color of their hair or do something really radical that they (laughs) haven't done because their confidence is grown because we've dealt with the shit basically, Mm. you know, in our last one we realized one is, you know, sexual liberation isn't about going around sleeping with lots of people. It's Mm. actually about just feeling sensual and good in yourself, Mm. you know and actually just like that, the energy of creativity, you know, and and actually we walk around with so much shame and connect those feelings of creativity and elation to sex and penetration that we're, we hot, we, we're ashamed when we feel these good vibes, you know, mm. but actually it's about enjoying feeling these good vibes, you don't have to act on it, you don't, To you know, go around sleeping with people or anything like that, but actually removing this shame. Um, we did a shame dance actually, shaking the shame away, and everyone (laughs) felt so much lighter after. And it was like, Oh my god, yeah, the the permission basically.
1: And I think Mm. you, I think you give permission quite easily because you, you, it's like you're like you've done the work on yourself, so when you're talking about such heavy topics like you just know intuitively like okay now it's time for us to get up and you know break that old energy you know you just you just go with it and I think that gives people some permission to also be like yeah I'm gonna shake it off you know I'm not or I'm gonna lean into my feelings of uncomfortability about this and Cry yeah. out or move yeah. us out, you know. It's just it's it's a form of therapy, you know. What well, I find it's a form of therapy, and I'm sure the people that went would describe it as a form of therapy as well, you know. Yeah,
2: it's it's extremely healing, and mm-hmm. like people, I'm I'm speechless. You've seen that I don't uh, like. I, it takes me about two and a half weeks to send one of those after event emails. Most yeah, people do those emails like the next day, but I'm so. I'm always so shocked and speechless <laughs> and, and everyone else as well. Wow, like, it's not one of those things everyone's like posting about everyone. It's because, like, we're all like a bit like, shit, I really got a process, you know? Um, mm. the trance, cause a trans, a deep transformation happens that is so subtle. But after your DMT experience, it's like you see the world different. Your eyes yeah. are different the way you start to engage is different and some people come back some people come have only come once and still have had that um and i called it dmt for a reason because it is like i mean everyone's off there going to do ayahuasca and doing you know all these plant medicines and yeah. like the dmt isn't coming together and doing the work together and having the triggers together and each of you know, everyone teaching each other and you have that same feeling you have when you go on your ayahuasca journey in one of our conversations. But it's, you know, um, it's, it's 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 like subtle, deep, mm. grounded and you're being completely witnessed by other people going through it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. I just want to touch on like the actual, the how bit, how... how do how do we also how how can one unlearn this kind of colonial mindset?
2: Yeah, that's a heavy
1: heavy question. <laughs> you can it share sounds, as much as you want.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it sounds heavy, but it's actually really easy. The first step towards um you know getting your decolonial mindset is questioning everything, like, We need to question the laws that we're living under. A lot of people don't know why they have a bloody passport, why you're given a birth certificate, you know. Mm. We're basically given a birth certificate so that we subscribe because that's what connects us to the laws of a state and that's what makes the government able to tax us like that's why we have birth certificates. But also the other thing is we're being born into these laws that were made hundreds of years ago by mm-hmm. people who are so uh, who are dead. I'm going to say they yeah. they are are <laughs> case, but actually by dead people, mm-hmm. you know, or they're and or, or they're, you know um, by by dead people, and we really need to start questioning whether that, that this system is the system for us today and the system for our world in 50 years? And the answer is no. And it's not just about the government and the laws. It's also about the industries we're working in. Like, how can we decolonize? How can we change? How can we um, liberate the the industries we're working in? Um, and then, like, really massively is the fact that we live in an oppressive system Mm. decolonization at its core is about anti-oppression so we need to all start loosening untangling unpacking and that happens by questioning and then the second thing is the willingness to be there so you know i always say colonization is about dividing conquering, and you know um controlling then decolonization is about losing control and power as you know it losing your ego being able to give over power being able to step back and just like because that's for systemic change we're going to need to fucking let go of everything as we know it you know um um, there are other things, but it's on my laptop, and I can't remember it. People
1: just have to come to your, to your DMT sessions.
2: Exactly. <laughs> People, you have to come to the DMT session because all the rules of the game, as we call it, the DMT game, is all shared at the beginning. And, you know, we really do break everything down. But I always say, you know, you can know all this stuff, but mm-hmm. actually the the learning and the training happens in the session. And, you know, we even have, there's always a moment where, you know, people are not having it out in a shouting way, but people trigger each other and they voice that. And it's so powerful to be in a space where we can actually, like, where you can watch the things that happen in real life in our little micro DMT world, because people are just like, whoa, (laughs) you know, Mm. Uh, like yeah it's actually really interesting um yeah um, and I think that's you know really the moral of the story at each d m t is we are all one, <laughs> so yeah. you know we go through the stuff, we talk about the things that are not okay we 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 present it all because you know it's not about all life matter kind of shit, and um, we do present the things that are not okay, but what we what we all acknowledge what everyone acknowledges when we're in the space is that we're doing it to create more harmony and more togetherness and to also prepare us because with climate change and whatever lays ahead, we are going to have to be bringing people into our homes who aren't just, you know, your neighbor that you're used to. We're going to have to be mixing things up and improvising much more, so we've got to really start to repair the human, um, the human fabric, Um, yeah, reweave the human family, Mm. basically.
1: Yeah. Mm, Wow. I love that you said we are one, I think that's maybe part of how the (laughs) unlearn colonization, like, remember, we are one, When you... See someone that is hurting and they um, are being aggressive towards you, it might be racist or sexist or oppressive in any way, you know, in a way that they're still part of you and maybe yes. that will help you react differently. Um, yeah. Um, things like that. I, I I mean, for me, it's hard sometimes because I'm going to cut someone out because yeah. my knee jerk reaction is my ego is hurt because you said something that's triggering and. I want you to feel the same pain that you've caused me. Um, but as time goes on, as I mature, um, I've learnt like, well, they're a part of me. They're a section of me. And therefore, I love myself not to want to hurt myself. So I give them a bly. Okay, cool. You're just having a shit day. Do you? I think, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's really that's one way, but I wouldn't. I I think there is, um, I think there's a danger in that approach. I think it's really important for us when injustices happen to present the fact that something is not okay. So I've been in a boardroom um, with literally millionaires who are like, you know, why haven't you been in touch with us? Really been wanting to communicate, and I've been like. I don't want to communicate with you because when I'm around you, you make me feel really small and Mm -hmm. you threatened me with your might before. So why would I want to be around you? These people wouldn't necessarily be told this by others, you know, what, But you risk a lot by saying that, but my thing is actually with these DMTs, I want us all to get comfortable to actually say, no, it's not okay. And it doesn't have to be in a shouting way. Mm -hmm. It's just like in a real matter of fact, the way you're behaving is actually racist or the way you're behaving is sexist. um, And this is why. And I don't deserve that you know, and then mm-hmm. you don't need to expect them to change or whatever, but if you don't say anything, then I feel like we're kind of disem- in a disempowered, silent space,
1: Thank where,
2: you. you know, and it, you know, whereas if you say something, at least you are standing up for yourself,
1: mm. you
2: are not okay. internalizing, because, um, but, you know, uh, yeah, you're not internalizing, and. You're not kind of just like pandering because I live, you know, I've been living with two guys and, um, you know, I've had to point out some stuff, um, to one of my housemates and just been like, and you know, and he was like, you know, no one's like no one's ever said certain stuff to him because, like, he just didn't know, you know. So Mm. I think that now he does, and he was like really apologetic. So I'm just like, we all need to. Like, as much as, you know, we're wanting to see things change if you're from a marginalized group, we do need to also take some responsibility and, you know, um and presence for things. And I know it can be so scary, because for me it's scary. So, like, you know, um but I always create a safe environment for myself. So, for example, which, yeah, actually, because I live with two guys, um, if I have a problem with when something's happened, I won't say it immediately in that because the last thing I want is like two men fucking getting all bro or like gaslighting <laughs> or anything like yeah, that. Not yeah. that that's what they're like, but do you know what I mean? So yeah. what I'll do is I'll just text after from my safe place and just be like, hey, honey, um, I know you didn't mean it like this, but I just wanted to present this, you know? And then mm. that allows a bit more safety. Um, yes. In sort of office environment, you know, you can make sure there's another woman if it's a woman issue or another person of colour or, you know, mm. if there's someone around who you feel safe around so that it's being witnessed, you know, because, um, yeah, because I think one of the things that has happened is, like, you can, you can be like to someone, your behaviour is so racist and colonial and then they can all just be like... Mm. Uh, no, what are you talking about, you know? And then, oh. yeah, and and so, yeah, so I think the main thing is definitely find the the agency within yourself. Realize that the most empowering thing is your voice
1: mm. to be
2: expressed. And every time you don't express your voice, you are shutting yourself down, yeah. you're internalizing oppression, and you're silencing yourself.
1: Mm. Wow, and that doesn't make any change. That doesn't give any autonomy
2: to make a change. No, yeah. yes. And w- mm. what I always say is don't expect the other person to react in a favorable way, but yes. more focus on why it's important for you to say it. For you to say out loud, "I'm not okay with this. This, this is what you know. I do not deserve this. You know."
1: Powerful. No, that's really, really powerful. Wow. Exactly.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: Oh, I feel, I feel empowered myself. <laughs>
2: yeah. So when something happens, honey, I know you're a really loving person, but you don't, mm-hmm. you don't need to take it. You don't need to understand. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, you're really beautiful. You know, big-hearted lady. I've, you know, I, I have a, a very Thank soft spot for you. But really, just, <laughs> just be like, and in your loving way, you can be like, I'm not okay with
1: that. <laughs> mm. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I love that you don't have to be the uh, typical black angry person to be assertive. It's just the way you choose to frame it. Um. Whatever the whatever you're, you're opposing, and say, hey, I'm not okay with that. Is then you know, can you find another way to blah blah blah? Yeah, blah.
2: and mm. and the thing is, it's okay to be angry because again, being angry is allowed if someone's being a total dick to you, or is insulting you, or is stealing from you, or is raping you. Mm. Like it's okay to be angry, and I think this is the thing that society now. Like, if you're angry when, like, especially whiteness, like, it's okay for loads of white people to go marching around being mm. all rageful about, like, climate change or whatever. But as soon as people start getting rageful and angry about racism, it's somehow it's not as big a... You know it's not it, you know it's suddenly all the angry black people,
1: yeah. um, but yeah. it's not
2: like it's you know we're <laughs> anger and rage is a part of life, it's just another emotion if yeah. you do so, like we're not all English, most of us who are black who've who've moved here, we are African diaspora or you mm-hmm. know other um you know Eastern diaspora, and the thing is like naturally mm-hmm. if someone pisses you off if someone does something. If you do want to say it in a you know angry way, I really also recommend that because who who says you can't be angry when someone has hurt you?
1: Mm-hmm. I I think you know this narrative of oh here we go another angry black woman or another another angry black riot. And you know, rather exactly, than, and than that's a what
2: we need to and that's what we need to like challenge as mm-hmm. well. Oh yeah you know why why is it okay for white people to go and do all these brutal things in like pseudo like really pseudo civil way like oh you know i'm a really um civil business person who mm-hmm. goes around screwing everyone over mm-hmm. um and being all english gentlemanly and you know all privileged which is basically fucking committing crimes, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but if if a black person gets angry about the fucking systemic injustice they're in, they're the problem, no, and anyone who's listening to this, like, if you are a white person, I put it on you to start allowing and encouraging more people of color or people from marginalized groups to express their anger and be okay in it and for mm. you not to slip into your fragility just because a black person or a person from a marginalized community is saying I've had enough you mm. know the the anger oh, is coming yeah the, the the anger and this feeling is coming from absolute fatigue it's yes. coming from Exhaustion It's yeah. coming from you, blimmin' bloody people out there. You are so intelligent. Wake up and mm-hmm. be part of the solution, be better allies. Start doing something instead of pretending you mm-hmm. don't know what to do when everything is on Google. It's all on Google.
1: <laughs> no, I just love it. And I'm <laughs> glad to, i thought you talk about allyship because I know that's part of your e you know, about creating. An allyship with friends from different groups, you know, and I, for me, it, that's been a struggle as part of um, my kind of navigation in, in, in the world, trying to do a lot of great work within the black community, you know, that, this kind of cause of allyship, can you really trust them, can you trust white liberals, do they have an agenda, you know. But you're 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 challenging me even, you know, about this ethos about creating uh, friends, you know, creating ship with friends and um, different groups. So I I mean, you kind of touching it then. I mean, I'm glad that you spoke directly to our um, listeners that may not be uh, black or from the Ben community. Why is it important for white people to be part of this decolonization process and dismantling of racial oppression?
2: Because that's the best yeah. use that's the best use of privilege, the best use of privilege or anyone with privilege who mm-hmm. have taken the time to understand that just by being white they have more privilege, the best use of that is to start doing some cleaning up and you can do it in small ways, so if you are in an industry that isn't diverse, you start outreaching to new communities you also just start making an effort to understand or see life from a different perspective like Mm. it's it's not only does it enrich the world um, and create more understanding but it'll actually enhance and enrich you as an individual Um, and being a good ally is realizing that at the end of the day, for example, if a black and a white person are stood next to each other and a riot or something kicks off, the black person's most likely to get arrested yeah. if you're a white person and you understand your privilege, you stand in front of that black person, yeah um if you're a person who is you know an influencer and you're white you 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 use your channels once a month you talk about the things that are not okay
1: <laughs> so yeah. that your
2: other yeah. mostly white community starts hearing and seeing these things. Like, mm. we can all keep going on like, you know, the world's problem isn't my problem because I'm a yoga yeah. teacher. But actually, exactly because you're a yoga teacher, you you it's, it's for you. Oh, my God, someone's got an eagle um, outside the office. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Um. yeah 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 so it's exactly you know you as a yoga teacher who has this deeper empathy and understanding whose work it is to start like shedding light on some of the things that are not okay because one of the main messages I want everyone to have really clear and drilled in is that wellness is not like, I'm now actually considering that I don't even want to be referred to as part of the wellness community whilst it's being, um, you know, associated with green smoothies and yoga and massage. Mm. Like, I want to be part of the sovereignty community. I want to be part of a community that are helping people become truly liberated and not just mm. liberated for their own, like, Asana poses or beauty, but true liberation is about us. Also, about societal liberation.
1: Mm. You know, mm, I am
2: not it. free until everyone else is free. And I think that's the next phase of consciousness that we're entering.
1: Wow! And you're helping facilitate that transition.
2: Yeah, I yeah I do. I'm like. I I don't know how to explain it, but I think sometimes people. I just want people to know that I'm not here. Like I'm not make. This isn't like I'm not making anything out of this. But I feel like this. Uh, this is a devotional work in complete service, and um, I'm I'm here to steward. I'm here to steward. Here to like help people softly, not go into like shame and guilt but to actually just start taking those steps forward towards each other you know
1: mm. no i love that i love that
2: yeah. i just
1: i just wanted to uh spend the last um maybe one or two questions focusing a bit on africa um because you know you went you went back home and you sharing your journey and it was it was really inspiring, really inspiring, and also it came up again, I think, by one of your peers, um, saying we should focus on re-Africanisation, you know, shifting our focus going back to Africa, to, uh, to the African roots, and I guess you're talking primarily um, to the black people because that that kind of triggered someone like, well, what, who gets to go back to Africa, <laughs> kind of thing, but something that like, yeah. are you, are you? Reintroducing, I guess, Africa back to, to black people as part of the decolonization colonization process.
2: Yeah, so I don't know if I can speak into re-Africanization because I haven't done much reading about it. Um, mm. And I haven't quite understood it fully. Um, or I do, but I, yeah, I just don't feel like I can speak into it right now. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I do realize is when people are having all these indigenous gatherings or like um you know and conversations around climate change and um coming up with solutions africa is still not being left at the you know still being left at the table and mm-hmm. that makes me really sad because actually we are um we are at you know we're all from africa this is an a continent where um a lot of the empire the british empire's resources came from and mm. um yes for me it's not only just you know like um showing showing my peers the importance of going back there but i think it's about like can we can we can we just go back to basics um the way i ended up there was i was meant to be going to um, I was meant to be going to Burning Man um, and then to Harvard for some really important things and um, work-wise. And I just got a message that actually don't go to Burning Man to put on a big party with cops. Um go Just go to Africa and connect mm-hmm. and live with indigenous communities. And again, you know, that's where I realized the power of... Um, um, something as simple as going to meet and greet these Indigenous communities who are holding on to the traditions of the way we begun, you know? And, mm. it, it, like, they were so grateful. Like, they didn't ask me for money or anything. They were just like, thank you for coming to see us. Um, mm. Like, we didn't think anyone thought about us, you know? Yeah. And they were like, come and bring your friends and... It was just this, it felt like, I think, it. you know, even though it was two years before, I think it felt like the beginning of the DMT, the decolonial process. It was me going back to pay homage, to, to, to ask for permission, actually, um, before starting to do this work. And for me to see the world from an indigenous lens um, before coming into this work. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I always say I, I, you know, I haven't done a PhD or a master's, but I learned so much being with these indigenous communities and just mm. like, um, yeah, again, it was like a whole new awakening and init- a life initiation, um, especially when, you know, they, there's no water, you know, so you wake up and you clean yourself with this powder and, like it's just so humbling um Mm. and and it was interesting being in that desert whilst all my friends were in burning man in the nevada desert (laughs) um and 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 i you know and i just i felt like i was having the best time ever like in in a much more humble like simple way um and and definitely for my ego like So there's no room for ego or show, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, very, very grounding. So I do recommend everyone, you know, to go on a pilgrimage and don't plan too much. I didn't plan a lot. I just, I just went and, you know, I, I, yeah, I just went on an escapade and then found the, you know, found a family I felt connected to and stayed with them for a week, you know. So. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love that you you pay homage, like you said, and that yeah. you asked their permission to to I guess represent them where mm. they can't be. You know where they mm. physically can't be, and I think it's really important to you know the sankofa kind of uh, mindset. You know, look back and give back where it all started, and that you yeah, that.
2: That's yeah, really
1: powerful. And I think yeah. a lot of, and I don't say black leaders that wanted to do important work in equality and anti-oppression. I think there's a process that you do need to go through. Um, I had one in Ghana, living very simply mm. uh, in the Volta region, you know, very basic living. And I was just there to volunteer and to teach. And the people end up teaching me, you know, from yeah. the little children right up to the elders. And I came back a changed person, and I don't know if yeah. you experienced this, but I had I this—I had a this single consciousness. It wasn't this double consciousness, you know, the black side of beyond and the switching code to, to, you know, to be acceptable to the white person, and then like this—I'm angry at everything that's happening to me, and then feeling like, but I'm proud to be black at the same time, you know. It was just I—I I didn't have to be aware of anything. I just had to be aware of the here and now, connecting with nature, connecting with the people. It was a mental freedom. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. The single consciousness, it's, just, it's like a a massive sigh of relief, you know? Yeah. And I found myself even more because I didn't have to switch between consciousness. Well, consciousness is. I just had one mind and it was like, ever reminded me, you're African. You know, you you, above my skills, like, African, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah." you know, so I think everyone needs to go and really pay homage and really find their home, their family, like we did, and come back, you know, change and rejuvenate and say, hey, I've been touched by the motherland, (laughs) you know, that's how I get to work, you know, and I love that. Yeah,
2: totally, and... And the thing is, it's also about not going to expect a big transformation.
1: The power is
2: actually just going to shake hands. And this is where we start doing the healing. You Mm. know how diplomats go and like meet all the presidents of different countries? We have to go and start meeting all these different communities. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's a way of sending a signal for a, a, a changed future, basically.
1: Oh, it's losing. No, I love yeah. it. I love it. And to come to we need to come to the end of our interview. I just ah oh, you just there's so much I want to pick from your brain a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be another time. I I don't know. Um what is next for you and how can people get a hold of you for DNC training and other events and your coaching? How can
2: Yeah, like, so training? yeah, so f- follow me on Instagram really, Moyo underscore Samantha is the, you know, easiest way. And then if you ever, I'm I'm sort of, I've enjoyed keeping DMT under wraps because I'm loving the fact that it's word of mouth. Mm. Um, But if you want to hear more about um, what's coming up, sign up to my newsletter, which is at at www.samanthamoyo.co.uk. Um, and yeah, you can just you'll get updates from there and my instagram um, and what's next for me? um you know we've got Clipmouth on Thursday, which is very exciting <laughs> 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 over party <laughs> um and then, um, yeah, I also do group and one to one coaching for startups and founders, so if you are someone who wants to join any of my programs, that would be excellent I've got a really affordable mastermind um, that starts in January. Um yeah, so if anyone wants to be part of that, get in touch. Yeah?
1: Thank you. All your contact details is will be added to our podcast. So you'll so everybody's listening, you can get in contact. And Sam is such an easygoing person to talk to, you know, phenomenal minded you've heard lots of passion and um, yeah so do get in contact and uh, yeah instagram is lit so <laughs> amazing i love you lot
0: it's amazing.
1: so thank you so much for your time
0: i hope you enjoyed the mindsight collective podcast and you have been uplifted be sure to subscribe to stay wise follow if you want freedom tomorrow rate and comment if you loved our content Let's keep the conversation going on Instagram at Mindsight Collective and on Twitter Mindsight Tweets. Don't forget to go to our platform at com for more provocative thought, art, music and inspiration. Free your mind. Free your mind. I collect